on this week's episode of Polk and Kush, the Saints were back in the Superdome. One of us was there to tell the story. Jameis Winston has an arm. Trey Murphy can shoot a basketball. The Saints and the Pelicans and vaccines and mass and all of the bullshit that you know and love this podcast for. You're going to want to stick around right here. Catch these hands. You're about to The truth is getting spread by Poke and Kush. 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 About to get served to play to your own ass. It's time for the Poke and Kush podcast. Poke and Kush. Welcome everyone to Polk and Kush. It is Wednesday, August 25th, 2021, and we have had a sporting event in the city of New Orleans for the first time in a very long time. I got to see $13 beers. I got to see people hand out their vaccination cards wrong. It was a wonderful, wonderful experience. And we are glad to be here with you. I am Scott Kushner alongside Mr. Andrew Polk. How you doing, Hey, sir? hey. I'm very good. You went to this sporting event. I did. You were on the front lines for Polk and Kush. Thank you for taking that risk. That was, yes, that was my service to this community here. Uh, and uh, how was it getting in there? Because I've heard a lot of concern regarding, oh, the Vax card's going to take forever. <laughs> They're checking the bags. Oh, no. How was it? The Vax card was definitely the easiest thing they've ever changed. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, often what you'll see is, uh, you know, like the, when they instituted the metal detector, that took forever. When they instituted the clear bags, that took forever. Because yeah. all these women didn't show up with it. Uh, there are 100 rules to get into a stadium now. Uh, everything short of basically a cavity search you have to go through. This was actually the easiest thing I've seen implemented. Because all you have to do is either show a picture of your Vax card or your Vax card or uh, the L.A. wallet thing, which is like unbelievably easy. We've talked about it here before. Yeah. So it, it not exaggerating. It took 30 to 40 seconds to get it. Yeah, that's it uh, took no time. And it's not even at the door. They did it like entering Champion Square, entering like the ramps up into the state. Oh, well, that's much easier because they're yeah. much. E- uh, there's several lanes. If you've been to a concert yeah. at Champions uh, Square, it's it seems to be better uh, facilitated for tons of people coming in than the Superdome, which seems a little absurd. But I guess the Superdome has yeah. been there much longer. There's also like a lot of steps to get into the stadium, you know, yeah. like literally you're, you're out of breath <laughs> when you're in that line. It's like. Okay, first we got to take all the stuff out of your pockets. Then you've got to do X, Y, and Z. And then you've got to go through the line. Then you've got to go scan your ticket. And it's like all those things take forever. And this took no time. So thankfully it was not added on to that process. It was just sort of uh, before you even got there. So, yeah, man, like people, people bitch just a bitch. It takes nothing. It I've is, listened to our podcast. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I mean, so it's. The idea that people didn't go because they thought it was going to be a pain in the ass to deal with that. It was the least pain in the ass Saints game I've ever been to, to be perfectly honest. That's fantastic. Because no one was there. That's great to hear. <laughs> it was like, 
Our fans, notorious complainers. Yes, uh, as are our uh, speakers on this show. So. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I watched it at home. I watched it at the Bud Light Lime Tire Studio. Yes. Now sponsored by not only Michelob, but Michelin. <laughs> Can we get a tires update? The tires are still here. Quite this is not a joke. Uh, my <laughs> landlord emailed me and said, hey, does it seem to you like the tire pile has gotten smaller? And then he sent me a screenshot of the uh, email he sent to 311, not the band. Don't sure, get too excited. Sure, yes. Saying, hey, please get the tires out of here. He thinks that they came and took literally one to two tires away. <laughs> and I'm out there looking at it. It's a little smaller than it was before. No. What? Do you think they're going to take one at a time? I, I don't know. <laughs> the, uh, I don't know if we've mentioned regarding the tire pile. There is also a giant orange, uh, not a cone, but one of the a big barrel. the big things. Yeah, yeah the orange big, barrel. It's a nice accoutrement. It's the, next uh, to it. Yeah. Yeah, it's the itchy to it scratchy. <laughs> it's sitting right there. That is still there, but the tire pile itself looks smaller. Me and my landlord, I said his name last time. Yeah. I'll say it again, Tommy. Yeah. He thinks that they have taken one to two tires away. That's incredible. However, they've <laughs> left plenty. For those of you tourists trying to come see it, well, there's plenty remaining. This could be uh, previously on the show, wildly popular, millions of listeners. I've said, come get a tire if you're making a tire swing, some sort of like hook fortress, something along these lines. Get a tire. Maybe someone has done that and they haven't told us that they have succeeded. <laughs> I mean, it's, if someone came by and took a tire as a, a memento of your poking Kush fandom, Please tell us. Please tell us. We'll autograph it. Yes, we'll autograph it. We'll uh, we'll let you buy a house from Jansen. Uh, honest to God, it is hilarious. We're going to keep doing it every week because they're never going to leave. But I think that is actually an unbelievable <laughs> that they took one or two and left I, the rest of the vial. I don't have definitive proof, <laughs> but I... I see what Tommy is talking about. Just slowly disintegrating tire <laughs> What vehicle could they have been using to pick up these tires that they would have thought, oh, we don't want to take all of them. We can't fit all of them. There's also a fucking bulldozer <laughs> yes. on the cross section right now. And I'm going to bring my kids here next time. They've taken out a <laughs> They've taken out an entire street next to my house. Maybe people are just taking tires now. Sure. To, like, build stuff, to feel <laughs> better about themselves. You know, they used to steal all the copper piping. Do I remember? I've been to Lafayette recently. <laughs> just a, I opened they, for Chris Kattan in Lafayette. <laughs> Everybody there was a copper thief. I guess now they're stealing rubber. I guess that is uh, the new yeah. hot commodity to sell the secondary market. Oh, yeah. What wasn't a hot commodity to sell the secondary market was Saints tickets. Uh, there was no one in the Superdome. It was very easy to get in and out. It was very, uh, I had a lot of leg room. Now that's what I call a segue. Yeah, there was uh, a lot of, uh, it, was, it was a very pleasurable experience. They should really only let 30,000 people in the Dome every week. I think I would really enjoy it. It was just enough to feel like a real atmosphere. 
and uh, not enough for it to be remotely difficult to do anything. It looked very empty on TV. It was like empty. it looked like they uh, had protocols in place uh, yeah. to keep people out. They did not. It was simply people didn't want to go. Yeah. Um, I turned down multiple tickets. I accepted some tickets. <laughs> then, then just didn't go. Well, somebody was like, hey, do you want to go? I was like, yeah, totally. Never heard from him again. <laughs> And then, uh, and then the business, uh, the company that I work for, they were like, "Hey, do you want to go?" I'm like, "No, I accepted yeah. these tickets from somebody else." And they were like, "Okay, that's fine." And I want to be like, "What are the tickets better? Can it, you can't you can't ask like, are they? Is there a thing? These tickets, the second the the tickets that I turned down were in the Bud Light party lounge. Oh boy. In like clubhouse suites. Well, you'd have been worse for the wear for the free podcast. food, free booze. I turned it down like an idiot. You think they'll have them Saturday? I'm going Saturday. Any? I already bought tickets to Saturday. Oh God! Not for the Bud Light party lounge no. either. God, Polk, you're swinging and missing. I'm gonna have to be the Bud Light party lounge on my own. Well. Which I think I can do. <laughs> it is. It's thirteen dollar beer night. All right. Superdome. That's uh, not good. <laughs> what were they? They were eleven. I think the last time I was in the Superdome. You can get a sixteen ounce for ten dollars. Okay. Or a twenty four ounce for thirteen dollars. So you do the math on if you want those extra eight ounces for the extra three dollars. I do. Yeah. So you know, thirteen dollar beer night. Uh, not the most affordable evening. Uh, to to get hammered no but if you saw the article recently the saints fans do spend the most of any team in the nfl per fan saints fans spend more than anyone it's probably because we have the richest fan base right is that true yeah really <laughs> i gotta find the exact the source of the report but it came out very recently a lot the, of tugboat captains <laughs> It's like, well, it's clearly we have the wealthiest fan base we easily <laughs> like not even like it's uh there's 28 teams that all have a lot of money, and then it's like Buffalo, Green Bay, us, and just like the poorest, maybe Jacksonville, and just like the poorest people spending an absurd amount of money on $13. Well, bucks. yeah. These yeah. people get one weekend <laughs> off a year from the tugboat. They've got $800 cash. Maybe they recently won a scratch-off <laughs> ticket. They're like, honey, you order whatever you want at Bennigan's. And then they come on over to the Saints game. They have nine Michelob Ultras, drive home. It's fine. It's unbelievable. I watch these guys like triple Bloody Marys and stuff. You're like, what is going on, man? That's like a, a $29 drink. That's like got to be more than you make in several hours. Of you know work. what I never want to triple of? Oh, a Bloody, Bloody Mary. <laughs> They're like huge. It's disgusting. Dude, people drink disgusting things for those noon games. Yeah, I saw uh, I saw that you tweeted like $13 beer night and the top comment that I saw was like, "Oh, Americans with your shitty beer at football games. What do you want at a football game? Uh, yeah. Do you want a lawnmower IPA while you're watching the yeah. Saints third string play against the Jacksonville <laughs> third string?" <laughs> I was with a friend of the show uh, at the game, and they had, they were selling a big uh, Lagunitas IPA. I was like, dude, who want Like, you're going to be in the bathroom in, like, 45 seconds if you drink a 24-ounce Lagunitas? Oh, man. I just... 
whenever I go to a football game, I want like a like the boot from a beer fest, yes. but I want it filled with the beer that smells like hairspray. <laughs> I'm looking for natural light in the stadium. If I could get a just a giant uh, bucket of natural light, that's what I would want. You know, people talk trash about watery beers, domestic beers, cheap beers. Yeah. That's all you want. That's all you want. That's that all you true. want in the Dome. Exactly, exactly. Well, it actually was a pretty entertaining game as well. On the field, uh, the Saints were good. Uh, defense shut down Trevor Lawrence basically the entire time. Uh, no problems whatsoever. And then at the same time, Jameis Winston threw two dimes Woo. like easily the best passes like over 40 yard passes i've seen from a saints quarterback in three to four years like it, they were beautiful throws and marcus callaway made incredible catches uh i think everybody left the dome that night feeling a little uplifted about the saints offense and nothing else i think so uh the quarterback battle quote unquote yeah. which we've been very scrupulous of yes it's yes. not really a battle but of course it has been very nice to see Jameis throw the you said three to four years i would say five to six years it's been a minute since we saw deep balls like that for certain it just has not been a a staple of the saints offense for sure I mean, these catches are spectacular catches. Yeah. They are absolutely the highlight reel of the preseason so far for the Saints, maybe of the NFL, and they answered a lot of questions on top of that. Uh, the quarterback battle is, of course, over. Sean Payton, the elusive, wily <laughs> bandit, the rascal. The Cheshire cat. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't, you know, that question, it has been answered. And if it wasn't answered by those 50-yard dimes, beautiful dimes, spectacularly catched, they were answered by Adam Troutman getting injured. Yeah. Taysom Hill yep. <laughs> is the new tight end number one for the New Orleans Saints because who else is there? No idea. Couldn't tell you who the other tight end is. Juwan Howard yeah. <laughs> is some – I believe it's Juwan Johnson. But I – name another Juwan. Come yeah, on. That's a very good point. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. I, I, there's not a lot of, uh, of other faces out there for that position. Although I did read today Troutman's injury considered minor. Uh, Ken Crawley, on the other hand, I think might miss a couple weeks. God forbid, miss Ken Crawley. He actually looked. He did good. have some very good plays. Yeah, but we've all seen Ken Crawley long enough to know that that's he's not the answer. We have seen him long enough to know he's not the answer in seasons where there were uh, other options to the answer. Good point. There is no <laughs> other. I mean, PJ Williams is going to be like a starting cornerback. He that gives me a shiver. Well. <laughs> He's there are have, a few shivers. He's have 14 pass interference penalties in week one. <laughs> but you know who looked good? Who's that? CJ GJ. He's good, man. Man, he was faking out. He was faking out the young quarterback, getting him to throw early on that fucking third down. He was cutting in, getting it, smothering guys yeah. in the end zone, almost getting interceptions. And. Sure. Are the, is this the Jacksonville third string? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. But this looked like a hungry dude. You know what I loved? He was talking shit the whole time. That's what he does. Talking shit to guys that will never see the field again. 
Oh, man, might never draw a paycheck. You ever talk <laughs> shit to a guy from Arkansas State <laughs> on his one play? His parents are in the stands. Yeah, they're <laughs> cheering. They're happy that they're there. And he's just calling him a moron. Oh, yeah, and, he's uh, dabbing yeah. on him. <laughs> calling him a bitch. Yeah, the uh, he, he definitely is amazing at that. Generally, though, I thought the Saints, like, and it's hard when you play Baltimore without Lamar, uh, and then you play Jacksonville with a rookie quarterback and really no other players of note uh, on offense. But the Saints' defenses looked great, honestly, with their first string. Uh, and Jameis looked great, but that's also like, did Jameis have to go to his second read at any point during the game? He threw a lot of nice balls, almost all of them to Callaway. Uh, and Peyton also set him up for success. Yes. And he also, like, literally, I don't think for one second he had to move his head to throw to someone else. No. The first read was open every single time. So what we know is that if they play the Jaguars and have their first read, Jameis is going to be great. Yeah, he uh, was... He was firing on all cylinders in that context. Yes. He was playing a... Also, the Jags were not playing even their first or second string, really. Oh, like, was that right? They, that. they had like four or five guys out from the first string. Oh, so boy. Okay. So, temper the enthusiasm. But, however, it is fun to see. It is a fun thing to watch, and it is hope for the Saints community. The big question looming over the season is over. Yes, Jameis is going to start at quarterback. Yes. Now we remember the 10,000 other questions. <laughs> Who's playing tight end? When will Michael Thomas be back? Uh-huh. Deontay Harris, David Onyemata, Marshawn Lattimore. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Is Kamara going to carry this team? How does he work? Because the run game looked like shit. Yeah, it looked very bad. That was uh, definitely, the, the. I think, the, the biggest takeaway from a negative standpoint would be that they could not run the ball on the Jacksonville front, which was strange. Uh, they were able to throw it over the top, so that was, you know, encouraging sign that, like, you know, teams are not going to be able to stack the box on you, you wouldn't think. But, yeah, you couldn't run the ball, and uh, and really the passing game was basically just, you know, Mostly just single reads. Uh, But there's really not much to complain about. I mean, they played, I think, up as well as you would hope that they would play. They, they, uh, all those glaring areas that you're kind of worried about, none of them really stood out. Like, it didn't look as if they were super thin at receiver. It didn't look as if they were horrible at corner. Like, none of those problems that I think we've talked about over and over again really came to a head in this game. I am curious if they're going to play anybody against Arizona. Uh, and it would have been nice if they played any team with a pulse in the preseason. Right. Uh, their first team. Because you didn't see them get tested at all. Backup quarterbacks, the Ravens. Rookie quarterback, the Jaguars. Who the hell knows who Arizona is going to play? I can't imagine Kyler Murray is going to see the field in the last preseason game. So it's kind of a uh, untested group right now. Yeah, um, and but what we've seen in the untested scenario is people knowing what they're supposed to do, which has been promising to some degree yeah. for the for the unknowns. Uh, you know, Marquez. They kept saying Marquez. I don't on the national broadcast. I've always called him Marquez. 
It's got to be. Years. Marquez is too. I don't like putting that little sauce on it at the end. <laughs> it's got to be Marquez, right? He is. He's always been a playmaker. Yeah. Like I've, I've watched. I've, I've probably You've watched, seen him at Tennessee. I've probably watched more games of his than anyone that's not in his family. He had family. one <laughs> game at Tennessee his senior year. We all remember it. But it's like he was a, a player who showed up in spots uh, but was never a or very rarely a like take over the offense kind of guy. He would show up for a big play or two. He can go up in the air and get it. Uh, but very rarely got open, and his probably his biggest strength was as a punt returner, uh, which is why he went undrafted. But he also had a horrible quarterback in Jarrett Garantano, and he had a terrible head coach in Jeremy Pruitt. So the combination of those things definitely held him back, but now you're looking at him and going like, all right, I thought it was a disaster if he was going to be your number one receiver. A complete disaster. And you look at it now, and you're like, I don't know. I think they can get through a couple weeks with him being your number one receiver. Not necessarily on an every down. Like right. The question is always going to be third and six. Can he go get the ball? I don't know if that's the case. But he is definitely a threat. He is a real guy. You have to – You if he goes deep, you have to double him. Like, there are – he is a real weapon in the NFL, and those things matter in an offense that needs weapons so badly. And I think he has stepped up and been like – Look, I'm a better player than you guys realize because I went to a school where I didn't have a goddamn quarterback and I had no offensive game plan. Like, if he played at LSU with Joe Burrow, I think he would have been definitely drafted. You yeah. Know? Like, he's probably every bit as good, not necessarily as Chase and Jefferson, but the other guys on there who all got drafted, he's just as good as those guys. Yeah, it doesn't – his status being drafted or not does not matter. Um, no. What he, he has shown the growth that – is beyond what you would have expected from him. And that was kind of the rumbling in the preseason. The pre-preseason was yeah. Callaway is going to make a step this year. Maybe Michael Thomas getting out had something to do with that. Maybe there's just a spot for him, or maybe he was destined for it. But uh, he showed more than significant improvement. I think Saints fans can be very excited about what they saw. Yes, and it's, God, it's nice to, like when a guy is back in the pocket. And you watch that receiver cut loose. And you're like, oh, he's got those three steps. You're like, oh, he's going to actually get him the goddamn ball. Yeah. Uh, Oh, go deep. And he went deep. It was like, oh, shit. That's unbelievable. The beauty of watching Breeze for so long was that you would be watching the play and going, well, no one's open. And then he would throw the ball and go, what the hell is he doing? And it would end up in the, like, four square inches where only the receiver could catch the ball. And that was like a marvel to watch. But at the other hand, it was frustrating when someone would actually get open downfield. He couldn't get the ball. So this is uh, basically the exact opposite. Exactly. If if they're all covered, Jameis Winston's getting hit. (laughs) Or it's going the other way. Uh, There there ain't no fitting it into the window. Uh, But at the same time, it was... And you could really, I hadn't been in the Dome, you know, in two years. It was great to just be in there and see when Callaway makes that little break. You're like, oh, he's going to get the ball. And yeah. sure enough, 50 yards down the field, there the there it is. And that is a, a weapon Sean Payton hasn't had. I'm very curious to see how he employs it. He seemed very eager to use it. Let's put it that way. Well, uh, I mean, how uh, how much confident does does it instill in the fan base as well as the team, that on the first drive, you make that play. Yeah. 
Definitely. I mean, there was there was a little bit of an energy in the quarter. I was leaving the quarter as the game was starting, and I saw people in Saints jerseys walking towards the dome. There was a little spark happening. Just a and bit. the Saints are a spark team. They yes. have to have people in that dome and having people in that. I don't think that preseason game would have played out the same way with nobody in the dome. Maybe not. I, I mean, he definitely was going for the fireworks. There's no. He's doubt. going for the fireworks, and he got it, and that lit a spark in him. Nine out of ten, almost a hundred yards, almost a perfect passer rating. That doesn't happen if you are in COVID times with zero people in there for a team like that, a team that emotional, that young, and that hungry, and that desperate to prove something. And they fucking prove something. Yeah, it'll be very, very interesting when Aaron Rodgers comes to town. There will be. 20-something thousand Packers fans. Woo! I wonder if Saints fans respond uh, after seeing, you know, a little bit of juice from this team. I think there's so, been so much turmoil the last month uh, off the field with so many problems. And then when you add in the vaccination stuff that sort of hit, what, in the last week uh, where that was a requirement, I think that scared people off. A Monday night, obviously, you know, if you have work the next day and all that sort of stuff, people don't want to go to a preseason game. A little bit. There's a lot of reasons why. People would want to stay away, but I am curious if they come back in the same numbers. I would assume Saturday only helped uh, Juice Saints fans into going, but we will see. I mean, the Packers game is definitely one of the few big, big draws of the season. Uh, so that'll be a, uh, a huge thing to watch. And that's the first one, too, because the next is Carolina. The next yeah. one is New England. Uh -huh. These are kind of middling teams. So the Packers, they're going to be getting into it right out of the gate. I think Saints fans are ready to hop into it. One interesting thing I, uh, I saw, you mentioned they were uh, requiring vax at the door, but it was easy breezy. They were vaccinating people on site at the game. And uh, I saw reports on Twitter where they uh, were actually vaccinating people. And they yeah. were saying, like, hey, how come you haven't gotten one yet? And they were like, well, you know, I just, I just hadn't gotten around to it. And it's easy, like, for us and where we are in our position, just, I guess, in life and maybe our personalities to go, yeah, why wouldn't you get that? But there are some <laughs> people that are not like that. You know, there are yeah. people that don't pay their bills on time. There are people that drive their car until it's got a mile left in the tank. <laughs> there are people that just don't think that way. And for the Saints to actually be offering a solution instead of just a blocked door saying, you can come to the game, you can literally come to the game and then get the vaccine yeah. and then go in, I think that's a really good thing. And I, I think that that probably will make more difference than you think it will in New Orleans. And I was happy to see it. Yeah, I agree. I don't think that, and, and uh, you know, from a logic standpoint, you're like, well, just got the shot. You're definitely not immune. Yeah. <laughs> but that's kind of besides the But let's just, if, if we're going to, yeah. you know, be rolling the dice so here. Let's, let's incentivize. Yeah. The worst would be <laughs> getting to get the shot. Come back in a month. Yeah. Come back. You can come to the game in uh, four weeks from now. Yeah. Uh, so I understand what they were doing. Apparently it was like, I think they said 99 total people got vaccinated. Uh, it's shocking that anyone showed up and was like, oh, yeah, vaccine, huh? But. I know, but you're right. <laughs> You know, <laughs> you're totally a right. small drop. It really is. That's all it takes. Uh, well, that will take us through our uh, our Saints news of the day, our recap uh, of the game. We've got some Pelican stuff to touch on. Of course, we've got local news. We've got overrated. We've got underrated. And we have got the worst. Please stick around. We'll be right back here. Poke Kush.
And it's Jensen, Jensen Patagna, the realtor, to the stars. Is that Coldplay singing? That was, uh, yes, I really went for it that time. I did Is that both, Chris Martin? Both hands on the microphone, <laughs> Buble. Man. Jansen Patagna, everyone. J-A-N-S-E-N Patagna, the best realtor in all of Greater New Orleans. Ladies and gentlemen, he is a very fine sponsor of this program. He is the greatest realtor that you can imagine. If you want to buy or sell or rent or do anything with any kind of property, email him, J-A-N-S-E-N at F-Q-R.com. That's J-A-N-S-E-N at F-Q-R.com. He is also a Saints expert, and he is very fired up about the Saints right now. And he is very fired up about selling a, a, quote, shitload of houses. This man can't even keep houses. <laughs> we, we like, write this shit out a day or two before. And it's like, ah, oh, we'll talk about this house. Oh, he's already sold it. Yeah, it's amazing. He sells it immediately. He sold houses to Polk and Kush listeners just like you. And you know why he has? Because he's easy to work with. You tell him your budget. You tell him where you want to go. You tell him your wants, your needs, your deepest desires, your darkest fears, your dirty secrets. <laughs> and he will find you a place to live based on it. Jansen, J-A-N-S-E-N, weird name, great realtor. <laughs> follow him on Instagram. And don't just follow him. If you're trying to buy a house, follow him anyway. He was giving out tickets to the game yesterday. Yeah. He gave out two tickets. Yeah. He's given out Polk and Kush hats before. He's given out Polk and Kush hats. He's going to give out more stuff. Follow him. J. The letter J. As in. (laughs) Jansen. Jansen (laughs) underscore Patagna. Follow him on Instagram. He was awarded with the Rising Star Award. In the summer of 2021 from the New Orleans Metropolitan Association of Realtors. Do you know anyone that's won that? (laughs) Don't you remember, guys? Don't you remember? It was Rookie of the Year, Sixth Man of the Year, the Jans Patagna. MIP. Yes. Most involved with Polk and Kush. (laughs) In his first calendar year in the real estate profession, (laughs) Jansen sold over $14.5 million. In properties. In addition, to, I copied this off the website. <laughs> the grammar's a little skewed, but I'm correcting it as I say. In addition to the Rising Star Award, Patagna also took home the honor of top producer at French Quarter Realty. Of course he did. Yeah. Who else is there? Of course. This guy's selling a, the guy from Nine Inch Nails Mansion every day, <laughs> Trent Reznor. He's selling the... Every single day, bef- <laughs> you wake up at 10 a.m., Jansen has already sold the Anne Rice Mansion. Yeah. Imagine that. Like, you're grinding coffee beans, and this guy's selling million-dollar houses. Let's not poo-poo our coffee <laughs> shop working <laughs> listeners, but Jansen is very successful, and he will continue to be successful with the help of good folks like you. And it, you're not helping him. He's helping you. You're paying for a service. You're going to get a home in beautiful New Orleans. So give him a call. Give him a ring. Give him a text. Send him a pic. Yeah. Look, we have realtors banging down our door every day. Yeah. They come to the tire They're pile. telling me, hey, where's the rent, Polk? 
the, these realtors come and they're like, they meet us at the tire tent and they say, we want to sponsor the show. We know that Polk and Kush is where everyone who wants a home, this is what they listen to. And we say, fuck you. Get Get in line. Get the fudge out of here. <laughs> Jansen is the only pl- people and person that we will allow to sponsor this show from a realtor. And so Jansen. Jansen. Jansen, the only sponsor that allows us to say fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's J-A-N-N-C-N-N-F-Q-R.com. And that is a sponsor. Yeah, he's not listening. We can say whatever we want to. He's too <laughs> successful selling too many homes. Jansen, big fan of the Pels. Ever heard of them? Pelicans, New Orleans. Yes, sir. What an exciting time it is with the Pelicans. No, nothing is going on right now. With the I Pelicans. got, okay, Trey Murphy, the future of the franchise. He was named to the all-summer league team. Yeah, all-summer league. What an, the best is the all-summer league first team. Seven people. <laughs> the ultimate in participation trophy. Who? Why is it seven people? It's so bizarre. There's never been a first team anything in basketball. That's seven guys. I still don't fully understand how the Pelicans went undefeated and did not make it to the championship. They changed the format. So it used to be like a tournament style. But everyone wanted to lose the tournament so they could go home. Yeah. And so this year they were just like, let's shorten the thing to eight days. And that way, and then the teams with the best uh, point differential. So undefeated, but there was like four teams that were undefeated. Yeah. So the ones with the biggest point differential, they got to go to the championship game. Honestly, it's for the best. Even if they, unless you bet the Pelicans a plus 5,000 to win the Summer League, then that just sucks. I'm Did you make sorry. that bet? I wanted to. Uh, but I didn't get to Vegas in time. By the time I got there, it had shrunk to like 10% of that. Oh, my God. It was way smaller. So once gambling becomes legal in Louisiana, I'll be betting immediately on Pelicans exhibition games. Where are you uh, going to be betting on the mat? I will be betting on them at the Caesars Sportsbook whenever that opens in the Harris Casino. Ooh. Whenever that opens. Sounds inviting. My ass will be in the seat, front row, center, A1. Uh, but, yeah, I mean... There was a reason that nobody thought they were going to do much because they had a bunch of no-name guys. Even though they had a lot of NBA players, they uh, they were kind of a no-name team. The 17th pick isn't very sexy. No. And so Trey Murphy did a tremendous job, had a great uh, summer league. I honestly don't think, with the exception of maybe one game, I don't think he could have done much more to inspire confidence in the Pelicans to say that they made the right pick in that situation. He did exactly what they need from a young player. He did, which was stand there and shoot, defend longer guys, play physically, play tough, and play with maturity. I completely agree. He's having a Marquez Callaway type <laughs> summer. But, you know, you said, like, people didn't expect much out of the Pelican Summer League. Of course. Yeah. They expected uh, nothing out of any team because most people don't know that Summer League exists. That's true. The Pelicans <laughs> did have a slight advantage in having five actual players that are going to see the court there. Sure. That can be argued. But no, we're an optimistic podcast now. Trey Murphy looks good. Yeah. He uh, is not dead behind the eyes like Brandon Ingram. This looks like a man with emotions, human emotions. <laughs> he is not a RoboCop style player like Brandon Ingram. 
He is not a mama's boy like Zion. This is a man that is playing on a team and has emotions and is going to make a difference in New Orleans. He did everything he could have wanted to see there. I think that was good. Uh, when you take a step back and look at this team as a whole right now, which is, you know, they're basically a finished product. The Josh Hart deal went through. Uh, they We know the roster. And I was looking at it today, and I was like, I can't believe that this is the backcourt. There's nobody. They have nobody. They have no guards. Well, there are a lot of people. <laughs> there are names. <laughs> there are names. I mean, they're counting really heavily on Nikhil Alexander-Walker. And that Kyra became, Lewis. Who did not do anything in Vegas. He was very fast. <laughs> he is very fast. He seems very nice also. <laughs> He's very smart. <laughs> yeah. He's, you he's can definitely nice. say the IQ of this team went up. <laughs> yes. I would say this is a, That's indicative of a David Griffin draft. There you go. A very high character uh, team, I think, that the Pelicans have. Uh, but, yeah, man, I was looking at the guards, and I was like, Jesus this is a, this is, they had shitty guards last year, but at least we knew who they were. Like Lonzo Ball and Eric Bledsoe sucked uh, for large portions of last season, particularly Bledsoe. Uh, but they were known commodities in the NBA. Like right now, who are the starting? They guards? weren't known commodities. They were known players. They're known names, I guess. That's probably fair. They're not commodities. That's we were very <laughs> glad to get rid of both of them. They're not commodities. They're just names that you've heard of. Well, Lonzo is just, I mean, Lonzo went for $20 million a year, you know? like He did. Is that a decision you would want the Pelicans to make? Well, no. Probably not. Uh, but still, like, they are guys who, number one was the number two pick in the draft. One is, you you, know, you knew who these players were and knew what their positions and roles in the team would yes. be based on them having played prior. Compare that. We're going to have to have some blind faith these players and think that it will be better than Eric Bledsoe. I think that yeah. immediately. Yeah, I don't I don't I literally just a replacement level play a warm body sure. standing in the corner is better than Eric. That's Bledsoe. why, you know, that we've seen success with the warm body strategy with the Pelicans before. <laughs> Willie, Billy, whatever the fuck his name is. <laughs> fucking one night at Freddie Hernan Gomez. He got in there and was a warm body and was better than Jackson until Jackson got better. Yes. I I'm not that concerned that we have a warm body back guard uh, backcourt situation right now. Yeah, the problem is I don't think you can have uh, another uh, you know to throw away old school. You know the there's no Morris Peterson uh, Memorial Award <laughs> for guy who stands in the corner and does nothing <laughs> like Mopeet. For his, his career in New Orleans, was literally just like, well, I'm not going to touch the ball. These four guys are all pretty good. Like, you let them work. Uh, no one can really do that. But they're going to have to start, like, Thomas Sadoransky or Trey Murphy or, like, guys who have done uh, nothing in this league. They don't have to. What, I mean, what are they going to do? They got just five play, players. Just play positionless like they're going to play anyway in this free offense. Who are the five guys, though? Zion Ingram, Valanchunas. We got three. There you go. Who were the other two? Devontae Graham, Nikhil. Okay. Yeah. Well, you there can you go. Float That's two Nikhil. guys who really... <laughs> I mean, I guess Devontae has definitely done something. Zion can play point guard. That's true. All I'm saying is you're going to have one guy at least starting who has not done dick in this league. You can also rotate Nikhil in and out with Josh Hart. That's possible, too. 
But I don't think you could do that without having some other ball handler besides Zion on the court, right? Like, you can't only have Zion and no other guards. No. They're not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who knows? But I wouldn't think that that's going to be something they do. I also am curious to see, like, how they prioritize shooting while also trying to play defense. Whereas when you look at the roster, you're like, there's not enough guys who do both things. Like, if you're going to play Josh Hart instead of someone who can shoot, you are very much hurting yourself on the offensive end. And the problem the there, time, you know, like it's, it's a give and take for sure. The, the two star players play no defense. So that's a huge gap right there. And they don't shoot. And they're going to be putting it together, trying to figure it out on the fly. Yeah. So like one of them doesn't shoot at all. So it's like you either need shooters or you need defense. And you got one guy who's definitely not going to do either, but he's the best player on the court. Right. So riddle me that. Well, not shooter, but score. Like, the Definitely Pelicans score. aren't going to have a problem getting points on the board. No. They're going to have a huge problem with rotation, and they're going to have a huge problem with defense. Yes. And it is like, it's, you know, time for one of these young guys to do something. It's time for Thomas Sadoransky, I guess, is going to be starting. I don't know. Like, there's, there's enough of a – there's enough known – that you can relatively have high expectations and think there's no reason they should be bottom five in the West again. That's inexcusable, in my opinion, for them to be that. But at the same time, you're going, there's a lot of, they're going to have to throw some shit at the wall here and see if anything sticks. Yeah. And, uh, and that's challenging when you think you're going to be a playoff team. There's not a lot of playoff teams who are this thin as far as like, Stuff that you know about them. Most teams have like seven guys where you can be like, all right, we kind of know what these seven guys can do. Maybe we'll sprinkle in a rookie or two or a second-year guy or two. That is not what's happening with this team. Well, I think you could look to Phoenix as a good example of, yes, that is a system you do need to have seven players that you can look to. But I think comparable is that uh, at the beginning of last season, you would not have looked at Phoenix and gone, yes, they have seven players. Yeah. They had players develop into those roles, which is what we have to expect with New Orleans. That is true. The Cam Johnson role. The, yeah, those... No one expected Cam Johnson to come out there and do that. And that's something I could easily see Devontae Graham coming into. Yeah. You know, yeah. 14, 14 to 16 points a game efficient 14 to 16 points unlike Lonzo or somebody being uh getting that could be a, a season changer could be a, a you know that could be a difference from a nine scene to an eight seed fair those are all fair points and we will have uh, many weeks to go through this but I just found myself kind of staring at the roster today and going like wow I agree I guess I kind of forgot how thin they are at guard not even thin just non-existent yeah Kyra Lewis has no experience. Obviously, I mean, Trey Murphy has more experience than Kyra Lewis. He's older than him. He played more in college. Sure. Uh, but does any of this translate to the real season? I don't know. Yeah. We don't know. We're going to have to see. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy to think they had horrible guards last year that everyone bitched and complained about constantly. Everyone. And they somehow didn't really. We don't know if they upgraded. No. Which is weird. I think Graham is definitely uh, a good piece. The rest is like, who the hell knows? I mean, they got, they're going to have to play three guards a night who I don't think anybody can have a real firm opinion on right now. So, no. Anyway, uh, that takes us through our Pelicans news of the week. Uh, obviously, we will keep track of them, but we're going into the slower part of the offseason. One thing that 
never, ever, ever stops here is a whole hearty dose of local news. Well, this is the NOLA Breakdown. We're going through local New Orleans stories. Okay, so COVID, you can say it's back. Is it? If you've been vaccinated, that's up for grabs. Hospitalizations have dropped for the sixth straight day. Uh, Not a huge decrease. It went from 3,000 hospitalized with COVID to 2,800. But the the, remember uh, George W. Bush with the mission accomplished (laughs) banner. That's what I picture, but it's in like purple and gold and green and there's trash everywhere. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, uh, the good thing is state vax rate went up to 40 percent. We're getting there. Pretty good. One Saints game at a time. The 99 people at the Saints game, I think, have gotten in there. Younger people are getting vaccinated. The, of course, the vax age uh, is at 12 right now. Just got FDA approved. Pfizer got FDA approved. So it could, uh, the, the age restriction could decrease uh, rapidly with that FDA thing. So again, as we've said a million times, get vaccinated, you goobers. Yes. Just, just do it. Why? Yeah, it's free and it's easy. It's free. And you won't it's go easy. To the You're not going to go to the hospital. Probably. Greg Abbott. <laughs> Greg Abbott got coronavirus and he's like, yeah, I didn't get that sick because I got vaccinated. Uh? Ben Shapiro got vaccinated. He's a bit like, who are you talking to? Stop looking. If you can see the pixels in like a meme telling you why a vaccine is bad, <laughs> presume that the information is also bad. <laughs> this is the designer in me. If if the font is... There we go. If it's a Comic Sans Comic font Sans. telling you not to get the vax, question it. We're the Comic Sans hatinous podcast around. I've said it a few times. John Bell Edwards, he uh, is requiring unvaccinated state employees to get tested almost constantly. Yeah. Which is... A huge waste of time, uh-huh. a huge waste of money, uh-huh. a huge waste of resources. Uh-huh. You know who needs to get Sounds tested? Sounds like Louisiana to me, baby. <laughs> you know who needs to get tested for coronavirus pretty regularly now? Who's that? Is uh, parents of children who are going to school. Uh-huh. Because children are being exposed to this every day. They cannot get vaccinated yet. Parents need these resources to get vaccinated. I'm sorry to get tested because uh, even if you're vaccinated, you can still transmit at low levels. Yeah. Parents need this resource. A moron who is sweeping up at City Hall for the two hours. You have a janitor at City Hall. You're open for an hour a day. Are you the guy that cleans the toilet at the DMV? The DMV's never open. We're going to be testing you every day. Some nurse has to put a thing up your nose while you complain about it. And say that your rights are being violated mm-hmm. every single day. What is it? 30, 40, 50, 60 bucks? Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure I, it's I free. got I got a rapid test once from an urgent care center. It was two hundred dollars. So let's OK. Inflation. Uh, that's a hundred bucks. Let's say it costs the state a hundred bucks to test these people. That's thousands of dollars. And why aren't why aren't you getting it? Yeah, there's no. No one has been able to explain it to me with any logic. No. 
There's like, I already have the antibodies. My body, then, my choice. What's also just like, all right, that's fine. You have the antibodies. Also get the vaccine. Do you have a card you saying both. that you have the antibodies? <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> your body, your choice. Sure. You don't have to get it, but you also. You don't have to get it, but you also don't have to go into Chipotle. Yes, exactly. Or into Tiger Stadium as they are requiring it. Uh, now, LSU football, uh, 90,000 fans are going to be allowed in the stadium, but they are the first team in the SEC that is going to require vaccination to get in. Uh, I was told the, uh, the, the, the backup for the ticket office today was about three plus hours uh, as people were waiting uh, to cancel tickets or ask questions, I guess, get refunds, whatever. Uh, there are some angry Tiger fans out there, but... Very clearly, uh, this state is taking this really seriously compared to just about all of our peers. You know what's better than, uh, I don't know, feeling inconvenienced about a vaccine mandate? You know what's better than like any of this? It's having real life back. Yeah. It's having football back. It's having LSU football back. It's having Saints football back. It's having people there. It's having people being able to be there and experience it. Yeah. It might not be the greatest, uh, easiest thing in the world. It might infringe on some of your rights. You know what infringes on your rights on a daily basis? Everything. <laughs> Everything involving the government. Every you ever been pulled over? Were your rights completely intact the entire, the entire time you were pulled over? Probably not. But you do it because this is life. Yeah. Let's if you don't want to do it, go to Canada. Here's the thing. We are not the podcast that's like the bleeding heart and in a, a bedwetting about COVID, okay? Both of us go out all of the goddamn time, okay? <laughs> Both of us do things that are putting ourselves in reckless danger of getting coronavirus and oh, have yeah. since April, okay? Sure. We also think... I have been getting clean needles, though. <laughs> I also think most of these masks rules are complete bullshit. Me too. We went to a restaurant tonight where to get from the table to the front door, I had to wear a mask, but I'm sitting four inches from the table <laughs> next to me. None of us are wearing masks. You can't explain this. There's no logic to have these mask mandates. We all get it. I'm not here to tell you that all the COVID stuff makes sense. What I'm telling you is to get the goddamn vaccine, and then we don't have to worry about this anymore because these mask rules are beyond stupid. Oh, yeah. There are certain situations where maybe they make sense, and you know what? They actually made sense before there was a vaccine because it was like, all right, 25% capacity. You're going to be six feet apart from the next table. When you go from this to this, you're going to want to wear a mask because you're breathing as you walk in between. Now, it's like we're just jamming 90,000 people oh, in the yeah. stadium, wear a mask. That does nothing. Nothing. Oh, and if you're drinking a beer, wear a mask. Like, what the? What are you talking about? So that we have <laughs> rules that make no sense. We are not caping for the government here. Uh, yeah. We're also calling you a goober if you are standing on the ground of like, I already have antibodies, therefore I will not get a vaccine. I can, I, my body, my choice, I will not get a vaccine. I don't trust this thing from the FDA. However, I had 38 chicken nuggets yesterday. I had a bunch of hot dogs from Sonic. <laughs> I celebrated National Corn Dog Day at Sonic, yet. It's like, look, some bad stuff is going to come out of this. A lot of bad stuff came out of the Patriot Act. But also, are you on Facebook telling the world where you are and what you're doing at every single moment? Don't worry about getting microchapped.
It's not going to happen. I just I went to you you want to talk about like needless rules and like why does this exist? I get carded to drink. Yeah, and when I'm not wearing a hat. Uh-huh. These bartenders can see my hairline. <laughs> They can see the bags under here. They can just see the gloom and doom. There's way more than 21 these, years of misery in, in these, these eyes. beautiful olive eyes. They can just see the hellscape that I have witnessed with my life. And they're just like, oh, you have an ID? Yeah, I do. I do have an ID to get this natty platinum. God, man, dude, I went to Tipitina's. But I'm not going to storm the Capitol no, over. of course, exactly. That's like, <laughs> there's such a lack of nuance in the conversation, right? It's like, I'm either on this team or on this team, and everything they say is right. And it, and it is, is stupid, like, yeah. but I would rather be a little stupid than yeah. be inside for the rest of my life. Or get what? Shot down by the military storming yeah. Felipe's? Yeah, it's like, are they trampling on some of your rights? Yeah, yeah, they do all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I have to take my shoes off at the airport, you know, like that sucks. Because one guy, literally one guy <laughs> tried to bring an explosive on shoes. One fucking guy. Yeah. It's like opening the L.A. Wallet app, not the same as being a Jew in Poland in 1939. <laughs> all right. Let's like there's got to be some levels of nuance in this conversation that never exists when people are talking. They're just screaming. So I went to Tipitina's. Friday night, there was a woman, red-headed lady in her 40s, maybe, standing outside <laughs> by the bouncer who's checking the COVID stuff. with all. You know, it's a very full crowd at tips. And she's just screaming at people that this is tyrannical and they can't, the city can't do this. And you can't, why is Tipitina's checking for COVID? And the guy's like, look, like they told us they'd shut us down. If they came here and we were just letting people in the door. He's like, this listen, is- do you want to see Chiwis or not? <laughs> it was Cowboy Mouth. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. and, and it was like, yeah, the same way they have to check to see if you're 21. That's also an arbitrary rule that kind of, you know, they just came up with one day. It's like, yeah, you could be 12 and come into this bar. It's like, that's also not a thing. So, uh, yeah, it's just like people take me very seriously and it's like, just taking it to the nth degree of like, what could this mean? They can stop you in the middle of the street and throw you into jail for the wrong thoughts. If you want to think for, it's like, all right, well, we're not there yet. So, yeah. you know, it's and like, they can already do that. Yeah. <laughs> Look <laughs> up Edward Snowden, everybody. <laughs> They're already doing this. Do you want to go to Chili's? Ah, <laughs> uh, so that was a really, uh, long winded way. <laughs> I'm saying Trey Murphy's yeah. going to start. <laughs> I'm saying we don't know what the fuck is going on because this none of this makes any sense. If you're opposed to the vaccine, you're an idiot. If you're for intense mask regulations, you're also an idiot. We stand with no country. Everyone hates us. We stand right in the middle on an island where the sneeches without stars. We are just standing there getting ostracized. So this is where we're at. And I just – I have – I can't understand the logic of either side on this. There is no logic. It's just people are uh, adhering to the teams with the colors they like the most. Yeah. And that's what's going to keep on happening because people want to be right. And as usual, we're the only ones right. Of course. We are going to get into segments after a quick break. Overrated. Overrated. Underrated. Underrated. 
Underrated, overrated. Send them in, polkandkush at gmail.com if you got something you'd like us to rank. Or if you have just a general opinion on the subject, send it in, polkandkush at gmail.com. I'm going to kick us off with underrated. This was inspired by a road trip. I went up to Ruston this weekend, sat by the pool the whole time, went the Mississippi Way up through Utica, through beautiful Vicksburg. <laughs> Vicksburg, what I remember, I'm not, why are you laughing at that? It's it's everything beautiful. about that sounds ridiculous. Oh my God. Well, uh, when I was a youngster, the uh, Mississippi Visitor Center in Vicksburg used to have free soft drinks when you would go in there. So you would stop there every single time. The Beaten Horn. The guy that like uh, uh, came up with bottling Coca-Cola in oh, the wow. South and sending it around. He uh, started in Jackson and Vicksburg, somewhere around there. So they gave out free Coca-Cola at that museum, at the visitor center. And uh, I would go there a lot as a child. So I stopped there on the way back. Pepsi vending machine. You can never go home again. Yeah. Rough. But the visitor center, beautiful. Yeah? You like a visitor center? I like the visitor center because there's everything's digital, billboards. We're always getting slapped in the face with stuff. When's the last time you just stood in front of a brochure rack? <laughs> I really wonder how often they have to replace those. Very rarely. <laughs> I mean, some of those have got to be from places that have been closed for a decade. You would think so. They've got <laughs> three brochure racks in there, and it's, it's fun. It's like... Um, it's like picking out a record. You have to... This is why vinyl records will always be better than Spotify, because you have to take the time to figure out what you want, see what you want, the cover, the space, the time. What are you feeling? I'm looking at these brochures, and I go, this guy's built a Confederate monument out of Legos. <laughs> yes, sir. Let's... <laughs> Lego Wall Jackson, yes. <laughs> it is fun. I'm joking, of course. But it is fun to stand in front of a wall of pamphlets and just like be a caveman and go, well, which one is the color that I like? Which one has the photo that I enjoy? Because they're all competing. It's all the top three inches of the, of the brochure. And you're like, what? what is catching my eye? Yeah, it's like a fun alligator cartoon. Yeah, laser tag over in Macomb. Yeah, Robert E. Lego. Can I see, <laughs> can I see where they've released Britney Spears to now that she's free? <laughs> is that a place I can go to? <laughs> and it's really like, what are you going to do? Are you going to go? To, you have kids. Can yeah. you go to Bucky's? I mean, we have, and it's... How long it's did it game. take you yeah. to get in and out of Bucky's? The ones in Texas, they've had them for a while. Yeah, so Bastrop, Texas. quite as bad. That one by the beach in Alabama, honest to God, might be the biggest COVID hotspot in America. It I, is packed all the time. It's so much more crowded than the Smoothie King Center. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is insane how crowded that place is. Better guards, too. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I stopped at that Bucky's, the one that you're referring to yeah. on the way. It's, it's right at the juncture of continuing to go to Florida and yeah. turning south and going to Gulf Shores. I went there. It took me an hour to get gasoline oh and gummy bears and a 40. Yeah, it's not worth it. No. So what you need to do is you never take your kids to Bucky's. If you don't train them to learn about Bucky's, they'll never want to go. Take them to the visitor center and go, 
Hey, you know what's more entertaining than an anthropomorphic beaver and a $40 tie-dye t-shirt and beaver nuts? A, a tepid water fountain. <laughs> the Banjo Museum pamphlet. <laughs> uh, that'll take me into my overrated. I'm actually going to switch it up on the fly here. My overrated. I have 20 more minutes about visitor centers. <laughs> you might be a <laughs> you might be a visitor center if you might be a visitor. <laughs> uh, my overrated actually, I'm I'm switching up on the fly because oh I went today God. and uh, it's Smoothie King. That place stinks. It's not even. You know what? It's not even that it stinks. It's that it's like nine dollars now for a smoothie. Mm. It's it's so ungodly expensive, but if you use their little app, they always give you like two dollars off. So it's just really a tax on people who don't use their stupid little app, and they're tracking you all the time on this app. And so what they've done is they've normalized the price of frozen fruit and sugar and ice to be nine dollars. It makes no sense. No one's been able to explain why the cost, the inflation of Smoothie King has gone up. 300% in 10 years. Uh, and then on Fridays, you're like, oh my God, it's a steal of a deal. It's $5 on Fridays. And so people just flood into there like, oh my God, it's $3 off for frozen fruit now and ice and sugar. And what a deal. It's like, no, it was $5 four years ago. They've just slowly jacked up the price on the other six days a week and made you think that you're getting a deal. On one hand, it's genius marketing, quite frankly, because you're always, it's like the JCPenney effect where everything's always on sale. So you're kind of just going in there like, oh my God, look at these. <laughs> these bed sheets are half off. We have to buy them now. Smoothie King, there's no reason it should cost as much money. It's ludicrous. It, it tastes exactly the same. It, a very mediocre smoothie made with incredibly unnatural things. It doesn't make you any healthier. It probably makes you fatter because it's like eating a candy bar. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, it costs a million dollars. So, Smoothie King, I overrated. Well, you said, uh, I don't know why their prices have increased over the last 10 years. I'm going to posit that it's because now they have a center. <laughs> yes, that is true. There was that's a. Where the, that's where all the money went. There was a Hannibal Burris joke. It may have just been a thing he said in New Orleans. He was like, Smoothie King Center? I didn't know Smoothie King was bawling like that. <laughs> I didn't know. I don't. I've literally never been to a Smoothie King. There's like a hundred of them in New Orleans. Is there anywhere else? There are. That I don't know. They're a Korean owned company. Well, they're owned by a Korean. They're started in New Orleans. Yeah. And owned by a Korean guy who then moved the company to Dallas, and no one in New Orleans seemed to notice. Well, either way, yeah, there are a billion Smoothie Kings in New Orleans. I don't think outside of the area there are that many. It's a very weird sponsorship, and uh, it. I, I'm presuming you. You've said that the cost of inflation has been over the last four or five years, so not just regular COVID inflation. No, I mean it's. Crazy! I mean, it's like nine bucks. What is the impetus of going to Smoothie King? Is it a workout smoothie? So Do you get that as a meal replacement, or is this simply a treat like TCBY? I treat it in between. I usually do it like if I. Well, have yeah, a, you do. But what do? So, 
for me, I can only speak to my experience, Paul. <laughs> I live my truth, which is if I had a very large breakfast and I don't want to eat a real lunch and I'm not going to eat again till dinner, it's like the perfect thing, like right in between, like right there. I don't consider it a health food, even though they advertise like people playing sports. No, yeah. Like, who's eating 50 pounds of sugar and then going and playing basketball? Like, I need to take a Glenn nap. Glenn Davis? <laughs> like, I need to take a nap after I eat this thing. Kendrick Perkins. Yeah. <laughs> so, Derek thankfully, Favors. Thankfully, they're tracking my every movement, so I got $2 off today. Um, but, and Friday, God, I can't stand in the line on Friday. There'll be a gazillion people there because I can get $5 for frozen fruit. Uh, but, yeah, so Smoothie King is overrated. All uh, right. What that takes us in. To my favorite part of every single week of this program. Ladies and gentlemen, the worst! The worst. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the worst thing I saw or read this week. And y'all, this one is, uh, is pretty goddamn simple. Uh, we've talked about masks on this program thus far today. Mm-hmm. What we didn't talk about is an outdoor mask mandate in the state of Oregon. <laughs> You heard that right, everybody. Oregon wasn't just fine with all of the science saying that all of this gets transferred mostly, uh, almost exclusively inside. Oregon is now requiring masks for those of you, if you're hanging out outdoors. Oh, my God. Don't worry. They also said that if you're just in a park and you happen to be crossing by somebody, not required to put your mask on to literally cross by a person. That's only strongly encouraged. The same if you're in your own backyard and you have friends over, also strongly encouraged to wear a mask. But that's not mandated. Every other public setting, though, you want to go walk around the market outdoors? Yep, you got it. Wear a mask. Anything that you have to do that's outside, there might be people there, wear a mask. There's no science. There's no logic. There's really no anything other than Total grandstanding and like, hey, we want to be the (laughs) toughest that we can be to make your life worse so that you can feel better about not getting sick, even though you wouldn't have gotten sick anyway than the state of Oregon. Congratulations. You had the strictest mass mandates to begin with. Then they eased off for like two and a half weeks, realized they were getting bypassed by Louisiana and cranked this shit back up again. Uh, I, I, I can't handle it anymore, man. There's no logic to any of this. This is in uh, the story's coming out of Portland. I know it affects the state of Oregon, but I would have to think that the only people that are going to obey this are probably the people in Portland. Yeah. And I would also think that the vaccine rate in Portland is 100%. Yeah, I mean, it's, it would have to be. Yeah, it's it, it's at least in the 80s. They're they're kind of seeing stuff like this in Australia. Uh, Andrew Boggett uh, from the Golden State Warriors, he put out a video yesterday on Instagram saying that the Australian government had been uh, begging celebrities, influencers, Australian athletes, people like that, to please put out videos saying like, hey, this new mandate, don't go outside, wear the mask, wash your hands, don't see people, blah, blah, blah. And he was saying, I'm not going to do that. I'm rich. I don't need to tell you people this shit. This feels like where Portland is headed. It also feels like a Portlandia episode. (laughs) Put a bird on your vax. (laughs) This is 
where we're going to get to. Health officials say part of the reason for the new mandate is they're seeing instances where cases are clustering around outdoor events such as music festivals. That's not because people are standing next to each other at music festivals. That's because they're having sex with each other <laughs> at the music festival and sharing Coke straws. <laughs> it's just incredible. I love that. I, I, on Monday, there were just 47 adult intensive care units uh, beds available in Oregon. That's more than 90% of the ICU beds were full. These are the stats you always hear about ICU beds, right? That doesn't talk about who's vaccinated among those people in those beds. And it doesn't say what percentage is the beds normally full. We never know. I don't is I would imagine ICUs aren't typically 10% full, and now all of a sudden they're 90% full. Yeah. Also, like in Louisiana, I know 90% of the uh, of the people in the hospital are unvaccinated. So it's like the idea that wearing a mask in a public park, you you cannot logically bring me that. It doesn't make any sense. No. That does. There's nothing there, and it's just. The fact they strongly encourage if you're hanging out in your backyard with your own friends, you are strongly encouraged to wear masks. These people are big fans of the movie The Happening, where the plants <laughs> start killing people. Just wear a, a, a condom on your forehead. I mean, this is... Yeah, Howie Mandel it. Put the condom over your head and blow it up. We all need to wear the Patrick Bateman suit. You know, just the full <laughs> plastic regalia. Boy in the bubble. Uh, uh, I, I mean, look, again, we're all for most of this stuff. Uh, we're for prevention and keeping people safe. But you can't, there's no shred of science that says that wearing these masks in regular public settings. You want to talk about a crowded music festival or something? Sure. But you know what you're also doing there? You're probably checking for vaccine cards at the door. I'm sure that they are. So you're, the risk is pretty minimal to begin with that, and you can't enforce it when there's that many people. So this is just grandstanding bullshit, just like everything else is. This is only making it worse. That's the part that makes me crazy, is like if you stuck to things that were logical, if everything that you did was based on actual like risk mitigation and not on grandstanding, then it'd be really hard for the people on the other side to make arguments that it's all BS. But you don't. And instead, they cross the line and go the other. So all the people on the other side of Oregon who don't live in Portland are like, why would I care about any of this now? You're clearly just making it up as you go along. And so this is the stuff that makes it the worst. I think it's a good one. I think it's probably one of the best of the season. Absolutely the worst. We will not be requiring outdoor masks at the next Paul and Kush Live event. If you want to see one, rate, subscribe, tell a friend, follow us on Twitter at Polk and Kush. I run the Twitter. Scott Kushner's over at Scott D. Kushner on Twitter. Shoot us an email, polkandkush at gmail.com. We are sponsored by Ale on Oak. And as you heard earlier, Jansen Patagna over at French Quarter Realty. Theme song and music by Mike Wiebe. He has two podcasts, the International News Service, as well as Mike and Zach and Mike Make Three, available on all major podcast platforms. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, tell a friend. It helps out a lot. We'll see you next week. I'm Andrew Polk. That's Scott Kushner. Thank you so much. See ya!